Okay, here we are at another Monday, August the 27th, and uh, hopefully you've made it through your first full week of these chapter readings, reading through the New Testament, and I hope you're benefiting from it, and today we begin another Monday and a new week, and we're at Matthew chapter 8 today, and what we find in this chapter is Jesus going about his earthly ministry in Galilee, so let's just note some things we can see here and the first thing that jumps off the page when you read it is what I would say is Jesus authoritative word that is a theme that you see over and over again in this chapter and I and I don't and I mean that very literally you see it in 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 verse 3 verse 8 verse 13 verse 16 verse 26 verse 32 and even in the next chapter chapter 9 verses 2 and 9 we learn here that, that sickness obeys his word in verses 3, 8, 13, and 16. Demons obey his word in verses 16 and 32. And we even see the wind and the waves obey his word in verses 26 and 27. His words have absolute power and authority. And we would do well to recognize that if those things are true, we, that Jesus' words are also authoritative over us, in our lives as well, regardless of whether or not we acknowledge that fact. I have heard people urge others to make Jesus Lord of their lives. I understand and identify with the intention when people say that. But the reality is no one can make Jesus Lord because he already is Lord. And his word already has authority over us. We merely recognize and submit to the Lordship he already possesses over us um, and merely honor him as the Lord he already is. If And if demons obey the commands of Jesus, shouldn't we? And if sickness and disease or wind and waves obey the voice of the Lord, shouldn't we? The, the, the Old Testament of people, uh, people of Israel heard the word of the Lord they received through Moses and they made the, the bold promise in Exodus 24 Verse 7, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. Well, you don't have to read very long after that. They fell short <laughs> and broke their promise, and Bible could not be more clear that we all stumble and fall and fail many times, just as they did. But God has promised to empower us by his Holy Spirit uh, to walk in his ways and in obedience to his will and word. He promised that even in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36 verses 26 and 27. And if you, if you need even further motivation. Remember what Jesus said several times. In the Sermon on the Mount. About the visibility and the provability. Of genuine faith. Many. Golly. So many. Matthew 5. 16. 20, 22, 28, 32, 34, 39, 44, chapter 6, verse 1, 2, 5, 7, 16 and 17, verse 19, chapter 7, verses 15 to 27. Oh my goodness, it's all over the place. The, the visibility and the provability of genuine faith. Real saving faith is, it, it produces change in a person's life because real saving faith looks to Jesus and sees his word is authoritative and desires to, Walk in, in increasing obedience to it. So two practical tips to apply this truth. Uh, number one, read the word. 
<laughs> How can you obey the word of the Lord if you don't know the word of the Lord? It's obvious, but we all struggle with it. Read the word. And two, read it prayerfully. Uh, asking the Lord to help you learn his word well and walk in obedience to it. The Lord blesses those who wholeheartedly desire um, to love and obey him. I would also add to that, I, uh, that to, to, uh, don't, don't see your life with Jesus Christ as a single solitary unit. You and Jesus go in it alone. You need the church as well. So uh, be present when the church gathers to hear his word taught and to hear it in the presence of brothers and sisters in Christ who can give each other accountability to do what it says. That's the first thing that jumps off the page to me in chapter 8. But another thing that, that we need to notice in this chapter is the compassion of Jesus. Not just his authority, but his compassion. And so in the chapter, we see Jesus spending time cleansing in verses 1 through 4, healing in verses 5 to 17, calming in verses 23 to 27, and restoring in verses 28 to 34. In the previous chapter, in chapter 7, uh, Jesus vividly expressed and emphasized the goodness of God when he said, or which one of you, if, he, if his son asked him for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And that's in verses 9 through 11 of chapter 7. The Lord may not always answer and give us exactly what we ask for. And praise the Lord that he doesn't. But we can be sure that he does always give us what is absolutely, unquestionably best for us. Praise the Lord. Jesus shows us right here in this chapter that he is inclined and he is willing, in verse 3, but we must ask and trust him to do it in his way, in his time, ultimately for our good and his glory. And, and he will do this if we trust him to do it. The last thing I, I want to point out about chapter 8 has to do with following Christ. Right in the middle of the story, uh, or, the, or right in the middle of what I meant to say, it was right in the middle of story after story of Jesus' healings, right before the wind and the waves obey his command, verses 18 through 22 present an episode where Jesus declares the seriousness and the sacrifice required to follow him. Uh, Jesus is making sure the crowds understand that following him isn't simply a matter of showing up and receive, to receive your blessing and then going on your merry way. Following him is a matter of your highest allegiance on this earth being to the Lord Jesus Christ. Though none go with me, the song says, I still will follow. Two of our greatest allegiances... If, if left to our natural desires, two of our greatest allegiances are to comfort and family. And Jesus takes those squarely on. He says that following him will not always be comfortable, verses 19 to 20, and it may go against the expectations of your family, verses 21 and 22. However, this passage, it must be remembered, is in the middle of a chapter filled with Jesus, bestowing blessing upon blessing to those who look to him in faith. Whatever sacrifice the Lord demands of us, he replenishes and rewards with blessing in infinite measure. History has no record of anyone spending his whole 
life wholeheartedly and unreservedly for Jesus, only to reach the end of his life, regretting it and thinking, what a waste. <laughs> the Apostle Paul lived that kind of life, and he reached the end of his life saying, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. So count the cost, Jesus says, but do this. Go for it. It is worth it. Amen.